This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This show is brought to you by our show sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. Why is asking for help so hard? The main reason is fear. Fear of embarrassment, fear will get hurt or fear of the unknown. It goes without saying, though, that the only way to get help is to ask for it. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and 21 and over listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash holly. Hello and welcome back to 21 and over. I'm so happy to be back this week and very excited for today's guest. She's a multi-talented singer and songwriter and her song, Let's Go Home Together, has been one of the biggest songs of the year so far. But first, it's time for a check-in. Tally, as always, I'm so excited to have you back. I know this week is a little different because you are isolating at home. So we are speaking over a screen, but that shouldn't make a difference. How has your week been? What are the highs and lows? So good to be back. Um, I'd say that my low this week has been that um, my poor partner has COVID. So we've been isolating. Um, uh, but the high has been actually that it's a great excuse to uh, sit and watch television and not feel guilty about it. Mm. So it's actually been quite nice, you know, given that we've all been kind of having to go so quickly back into real life again to actually have this this slowdown of pace even though at the beginning obviously I was freaking out I was like oh god I can't go back into a lockdown yeah you know, and the panic initially but um it's actually been really nice really really nice just just to take a step back obviously not nice for him but but nice for <laughs> for me to just chill um and what about you Hals what's your how's your week been I would say for me this week there hasn't been a significant high but there have definitely been small changes that have contributed to feeling a little uneasy or kind of a little low for example not having you next to me today Tally I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous for how this will go but I'm sure it will go well we'll adapt as I know I, I look forward to being back in person once you know out of isolation but we'll we'll do well yes we'll make it work <laughs> we'll make it work
Well, I'm so excited for our guest today. She is a singer, songwriter and former X Factor contestant. And I think everyone was familiar with her latest song, Let's Go Home Together, that made it to the UK top 10. Please welcome Ella Henderson. Hi Ella, how are Hello. you? Hello, I'm good thanks, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm so excited to have you here. I know, I'm excited to be here, I'm excited to see a human in person again. I know, you <laughs> You are the first in-person interview I've done and so nice to not be staring at a screen. No, I bet, I bet, everything's just been Zoom life at the moment mm. so it's nice to actually be sat here in real life. That's a new thing now isn't it, to say IRL? People, <laughs> I get meetings put in my schedule and it get in brackets it says IRL in really? capitals and I didn't know what it meant I thought it meant I'm in going to Ireland at first <laughs> <laughs> but um apparently it means in real life so yeah we are doing this IRL style I like that I'm a fan of that <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been how have you found the last year how are you finding kind of coming out of this last year yeah I mean for so many of us it's been surreal and I'm sure you yourself have just found it a strange time I think it was so unexpected and I I think um for me I would actually say obviously COVID has just been awful for so many reasons and and caused so much you know just frustration for a yeah. lot of us and uh um but for me just before the lockdown I was actually like kind of ready to hit pause anyway with a lot of things because I was really struggling with my mental health mm -hmm. and uh I, I was in a really really bad way um and the one thing I sat down with my team and said is like, I feel like if I could just hit pause on everything right now, that's what I'd love. And was like, well, Ella, we can't put the world on pause. And then three weeks later, Boris announced it. <laughs> um, a national lockdown. I was like, oh my God, my wish came true, but like in the worst way possible. So I felt some kind of responsibility for it. But, um, but no, I think for me, it kind of... It, of what it led to for me was like, I was back at my parents up north in Lincolnshire, mm -hmm. um, right out in the sticks for like, eight weeks nine weeks straight right. and I've not gone back to my parents and lived there and been with my mum and dad since I was 16 years old mm. well even before 16 so I did um X Factor when I was 16 and from that moment really my life completely changed and I moved to London and everything changed so like going back there where everything kind of started for me like even going back home and just being around my mum every day being able to sit and have a cup of tea with her and just talk talk about girl things girl yeah. problems or thing just things that I feel I think I've just always brushed over with with doing what I've done from a young age and just cracking on and being quite independent and doing my own thing in a big city so mm -hmm. that was really nice yeah I can imagine. Yeah, that kind of time that we wouldn't have got without the last year, you know? Yeah, for sure. And like for me having dad home for eight weeks and kind of being in London at home, can't go anywhere. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. Like It is really strange. There were times where I was like, oh my goodness, like get me out of this house. But <laughs> <laughs> looking back, I now miss it. Yeah, no, I know. I think um, having, I think it's like quality time. You, you and mm. you, It just brings you back to your core values and what you actually appreciate. And I think for me, I just found whenever in life I would have spent that amount of consecutive time mm. with my family one-on-one -on -one. so having that I think um I do really appreciate it and I don't know if it'll ever happen again <laughs> but I enjoyed it while it lasted yes. and um even little things like as well like I self-taught to uh, myself to play the piano and that, the last uh, that year. no no I did that from a young age right, but, okay. but the same piano <laughs> that I learned on growing up is back at my parents house so like just little things like 
because everything for me was becoming a, a lot and too much and mm. I was in a really toxic relationship I was um there's just so many things that I was really struggling with yeah and going back to my parents everything just became super clear of what I needed to do and it was like all the right decisions came to me naturally whereas when mm. you're really busy all the time like everything was a bit of a blur um and even things like falling back in love with my music like mm. I was beginning to think that music is something that is it actually making me happy or am I getting so stressed and overworked about things um but just going back home and having access to the piano that I literally played as a little girl like I just fell back in love with it and it like took me back to my roots took me back to everything before I ever felt pressure um which was just really nice and grounding I think yeah that's so nice and it's amazing that you have that relationship with your team that you can say look guys I do need a break and yeah. like give me some space for a little bit yeah it was scary because mm. I think like it's it's a funny one because I don't think anybody's ever sat there going oh where's the next Ella Henderson record or anything like that but you put the pressure on yourself in whatever in whatever you do like it's your life isn't it? it's your world so you 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 think oh no I've got to do it. I've got to do it at this fast pace all the time um and as well, I just put a record out and it had done quite well. So I, I feel like when you build momentum in my job, to stop is just a crazy thing to do. So, and I'm always one for let's keep going. Let's get the next one out. Mm. Let's I've, I've written this one. Let's, let's push it out. So to try and stop that snowball effect because of how I was feeling, I, I, I found that really hard because I'd never gone through that before. I've always right. been so just such a bubbly character and quite strong-minded and strong-willed, very determined and driven. And it was the first time where I just felt like a bit of a mess emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I didn't believe for a long time that it was anxiety. I thought there was something wrong mm. with me. <laughs> mm. um, it was very, very surreal. But I'd say it was two years ago, um, maybe just over two years ago, that I had my first ever panic attack. Mm -hmm. um, and... I was in LA at the time and in Ikea of all places oh, no. to have your first panic <laughs> attack. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it was horrible. Like I, I literally blacked out and didn't know what was going on, but I thought I was dying in that moment. Mm -hmm. I thought I'm having uh, the chest pain came on like this surreal, overwhelming feeling. And I thought it was a heart attack. And I, I, I convinced myself it was I was like this is where I'm going here in Ikea um I was like oh my god like in my head of I was like places. no I know I was like so scared but um it was really crazy I can remember like paramedics coming and I woke up in this hospital in 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 America so everywhere was everywhere was just like unknown and I didn't really know where I was and they're trying to ex they gave me something to like calm me down and I was like what like what do you mean it's like anxiety and then then became the fear of having panic attacks yeah. which yeah. is like a whole other thing which then made me for the like I'd say for the next six to 12 months I then was just like a hermit crab like I wouldn't before covid I wouldn't do any social situations I wouldn't leave the house um I just found everything really hard that mm that before felt so easy mm. um which was really surreal and that I think that was like the first trigger point of like oh okay is this kind of an outburst of something I've been holding in me for like a long time throughout my career but I've never actually opened up about it maybe I've just suppressed this feeling for so long um because it is like an adrenaline feeling yeah <laughs> I was going to ask about you know the, the, the obviously the panic attack and and how that manifested perhaps like what had happened leading up to it as you were mentioning perhaps it was suppression of feelings yeah and obviously this was before you quite a bit before you then realized you might need to press pause and take some yeah. time out 
do you think it was just amalgamation of feelings and not processing things? Oh, definitely. I think... The crazy thing is, right, when you're in a bad situation, you don't see it. You Mm -hmm. only see it six months later when you're out of it and you're like, whoa. (laughs) But Mm. for me, looking back, I thought at the time I was in love and in a happy, healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And I look back on it now and I was literally with the biggest narcissist on the planet. So that Mm. didn't help. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and he was a gaslighter. And I'm I'm not going to put all the blame on another person, but like that definitely didn't help. So that, you know, a lot of the relationships broke down with between him and I um I felt quite isolated he took me away from a lot of my friends from Mm -hmm. he distanced me from my family and this all gradually happened over time so it's not just like overnight some guy I fell in love with and he's like don't be friends with this person it was it was very it was done like you know and I don't know whether it's it's something that is just came natural to him and he doesn't mean to and that's the way he is but like that's what happened over time so over time I felt like I was really cut off from everybody that mm-hmm. I feel support from in my life um and then when you've just got this one person and that situation actually when I look back on it now was quite unstable and quite yeah. toxic mm-hmm. I had nothing to fall back on like I'd come in from a hard day's work and I wouldn't know whether I was coming or going like mm-hmm. there'd be eruptions or we'd, we'd be fine and uh like that was I found that really really hard because I think and you'll know this, like even like seeing your dad do what he does, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got to balance your work life with oh, with yeah. like your personal. And um, for me, it's so hard to find that balance. And family is such a huge like moral core value of mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm so close to my family. I'm one of four. I'm the youngest. So me and my brothers and sisters are so close. I'm so close to my parents. And we grew up around a table of six where we all sat and had dinner all the time. Like, so not having that unit was really weird I just felt like I was doing my own thing for this kind of 18 month to two year period where no one really knew what I was doing and behind closed doors it was just really not nice and I was really unhappy um so I think it was like a build-up of that um also I think there's definitely been moments along my career where I felt pressure as as a female in what Mm. I do and I think I've probably suppressed that for a long time um and I don't know, I just felt like it was a moment where I just, I wanted to just kind of tell everyone and everything to just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just ready yeah. to just be like, I don't know, because I feel like I, I have taken a long time since my first album mm-hmm. to release music. Um, but that's not because I've just sat around doing nothing. Like I've written a lot of music, but you know, I'm, I'm a different person to who I was when I was on X Factor. I was 16 years old yeah. and so naive. Mm. Like I'm 25 now that the first of all, like it's not even the transition of what I've done musically, like just as a girl to a young woman, mm. like it's mental mm. enough without the hormones. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I just like, there was so much to kind of grasp and doing it in the public eye is quite, you know, it's, I'm not going to say that I haven't enjoyed my career because I have and there's been some amazing moments but with it comes this like I don't know just this added pressure and second guessing feeling and I think with the kind of situation I was in within my own environment I think that just really highlighted that and everything just became really difficult and it just got to a point when I had my first panic attack it was I think it was the day after boxing day um we flew out on boxing day to LA and I wasn't speaking to my family and I just felt this real dark heaviness and like the pit of my stomach you know like when you carry the feeling of where you just feel nauseous quite a bit and that's how I felt and I think I was just constantly holding this thing 
then with some jet lag and mm. I think I just had a breakdown mm. like I was just like I mm. can't do this anymore like something isn't right and what I've learned now as well is that whenever I get waves of anxiety or that kind of emotion um I think it's my body telling me you need to change something or you need mm. to make yeah. a shift because before I used to hold on to that adrenaline feeling and now mm. I realize it was it was always something in me saying this isn't right Ella this isn't right and I wasn't listening to it so now I always see it as even if I'm if I feel the calmest person and I've just done the gym and I'm home and I've just had a tea and I'm just like getting ready and I just feel this heaviness I'm like okay take a minute breathe like mm. what is it that's happened or what have you found out today that's making you feel this way and I acknowledge mm. it more now um instead of just burying it and putting it to the bottom because eventually it's like I don't know it's like the the kettle analogy or like yeah. the boiling water pot like if you don't if you keep the lid on for so long it's just going to explode at some point yeah I mean it's great that you're self-aware now and kind of can notice when it comes and yeah are able to kind of take a step back and say okay let's have a look what could something for sure that could be wrong yeah how can I change that that's so great and trusting that it is anxiety yeah <laughs> not something yeah, else that's the hardest bit it's so hard yeah, like for me bit. there was a yeah. period where I thought that I had something wrong with my health I had every yeah. test under the sun done and I think one of the things that I'd probably really want to say on this podcast because of what the whole kind of subject matter is mm -hmm. about with mental health and anxiety and things like that I think it's so normal for you to go through the process mm. of being scared of like your health yeah. because I actually mm. went through health anxiety and I've had to have therapy for it because I honestly thought there was something wrong with me. I thought mm. at one stage I've had brain scans, I've had stomach mm. scans, I've had a camera in, in my body, like everything you can imagine mm. I've paid for and had done or I've gone and had it done. And I might sound like the biggest hypochondriac ever, but when you no. go through something like that, you don't believe that it's a chemical thing or this is something that I my thought process can be in control of mm. it was so mm. surreal because everything all the symptoms I said I felt were so physical but they were so real but they're not real um which is the craziest thing so anyone so listening shows, I, yeah. that is so normal the, the adrenaline we we don't we underestimate right it's so mm. powerful and the feelings the physical sensations are so real that's why people you know if they are haven't got the awareness around what it might be you know are convinced that it's something wrong with their health yeah. and it's so common and then you know very little you know do we are are we able to realize okay actually this this might just be an amalgamation of feelings or a panic attack. And it's this is why it's so important, I guess, to talk about because the physical sensation can be so intense and so strong that we think that there's something physically wrong with us. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. And I think like, I, I don't know, when it comes on as well, it's just like such, like you say, it's overwhelming. That's the mm. word. Yeah. It's so overwhelming. And if you've never had one before, the first time's really, really scary. And yeah. then it's, now I've got to a point where you have to kind of trust, trust yourself and trust your own, you know, I have like this, uh, like this little like measure like measure thing in my in my head where I'm like okay I'm gonna sit and do my breathing for this amount of time and if mm -hmm. it, if I haven't calmed myself down by that point then okay I will ring my mum or something and get someone on the phone or like I will ring my manager and just be like I'm really not good can can you come help me yeah. please or like and I'm not afraid to do that anymore I think I used to be really like embarrassed mm. about it um mm. I guess the word weak I used to think I was weak for like 
I don't know, just I felt like a crazy person. Yeah, it's difficult <laughs> yeah. for a long for time. Mm-hmm. Um and I didn't know how to explain how I was feeling because I yeah. just didn't feel okay. And I the words the only word I could describe of how I felt two years ago was I didn't feel safe. And it didn't matter where I was, what I was doing. I could be even sat with my, even when my, my parents, I was back up north at first and I was trying to get well and better. I could be sat in my mum's bed um, at like 10 o'clock at night watching a Disney movie in my pyjamas with a, with a cup of tea and I still didn't feel safe. Mm. Um, and that was surreal because I was like, I'm literally with the person that gave birth to me yeah. and I love her to pieces and she loves me unconditionally. Um, and I still don't feel safe and no one can control that but me. And I'd, mm. I had to figure out and find a way of, of, of tapping into that and helping myself. So that was that was a really scary process. But I, I think over time, you've just got to kind of trust the whole process of it all and trust that there is like light at the end of the tunnel and every day is not perfect. Like no. I'd, I'm just because I'm sat here talking about it now saying, oh yeah, I had this. It's not that I had it. Like I just see it differently now. I used to say that I have anxiety and like I own it and mm-hmm. I own the entity. And it's like, no, I don't like mm-hmm. literally yeah. it comes on and it goes. And I, I see it now as like any other emotion. Cause you would never say, oh, I have anger. Yeah. Or, I, do you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. I, I have happy, like, <laughs> like it is, it's just a feeling. And, um, but because it's such a powerful one, you really do think, okay, that's part of me now, or like I have anxiety. And I think if you start to say that too much and too often, it can really start to, you know, you start to self-label yourself with it yeah. and you think there's no way out. And I think that was what I was really afraid of and scared of for a long time. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like if I never get through this feeling or is life going to be like this all the time now? Because if it is, I don't mm-hmm. want to be here. Like I literally went to like that place. Like I didn't want to be here anymore. And I know my mum and dad really struggled with that with me because I'm the youngest. I'm like my mum's little girl. and Yeah. Yeah. And they just, my mum just found it really hard to see me like that. Um, Because as well, I'm always the one that comes home and is the bubbly one, the one that's Mm. like full of life and got so much going on in my life that I come back and swing by and then I'm like, okay, I'm off back away now. And Mm. so to see me like that for a minute, I think think they found that quite hard. Yeah, I can imagine. So what was it like when you were 16 and went on the X Factor and you very quickly became a favourite. What was it like kind of having a magnifying glass on you at such a young age when already, you know, hormones are going crazy? Like you're either unhappy in school or you're happy in school. But what was it like being on on TV and kind of overnight having all these people with their eyes watching you? This show is brought to you by our show sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, I can never focus on the task at hand if there is something on my mind. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counselling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counsellor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counsellors if needed. 
it's more affordable than traditional offline counselling and financial aid is available. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and 21 and over listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash holly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash holly. Do you know what? I think it's all a blur because I look at it now and I like I've got a nephew that's 14 mm-hmm. and I could never imagine in two years mm. him doing what I did yeah. um, in any capacity. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, and especially now with social media and how things oh. are with technology, like it's just such a different world. And I'm so grateful for that because I think Instagram had just come about when I went so, on X Factor. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's really weird. I think something must happen when you're younger, you're fearless. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying that like, I'm terrified of everything now, but I'm definitely more scared of things now than I was when I was 16. Mm. Um, cause I look back on that now and I'm like, if you said to me now at 25, even though like from the outside, I might look like I've got my shit together. Mm. Like if someone said to me every Saturday night and Sunday, you're going to go live to the nation and be judged on your singing voice, Yikes. which is your passion and what you love to do. And um, <laughs> there's a chance that somebody might tell you that you're a bit crap that night or you're a bit this, that I was literally like, I would literally be like, absolutely not. And I go hide mm. in a cupboard. So yeah. like the thought process <laughs> that I ever did that. Yeah. Is, is, is surreal. And, and what I find really weird is how have I only just, met anxiety now and not then because that was crazy pressure back then yeah and now I've had a chance to get used to it and do you know what I mean like Mm. and learn the ropes a bit so it's it is really weird but um for me like there's kind of like there's there's two sides to it really like personally my experience of that show was amazing um yeah like I and I have a very like family orientated family and they were Mm -hmm. constantly with me my dad was constantly with me um they never left my side and I always had their support through thick and thin which was amazing um and as well like it did give me the platform like that I could have never have had which kind of catapulted me to be put in front of the right people and to you know set up my career which is what I always wanted to do but Mm -hmm. the strangest Mm -hmm. thing is that show kind of threw me straight into being this kind of pop star whereas my actual dream was to be a songwriter Mm -hmm. and write songs for artists okay so Mm. being the other end of the spectrum straight away was really weird Mm. because I saw it as like I'd love to write songs for artists and then eventually be like like I love Carol King and even people like Sia who for years and years and years write people's songs for them Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they just release an album that's kind of, well, here's some songs that didn't get used. I kind of always thought of it like that. And then so to do it kind of the other way around was surreal. And then it's funny because now over like the last five years, I feel like not that I've had a sense to prove myself, but I feel like I've worked really hard with my songwriting and my craft in that respect and worked on other people's albums and artists and written music to kind of like, because coming off the back of a TV show like that, you, there's always this stigma that comes yeah. with it. And I think having to work through that at a young age as well was kind of, you kind of feel like this extra form of judgment because you come off, oh, a show like that and stuff, yeah. which um, which again, I'm not even afraid to talk about anymore because I used to feel like, oh my God, I can't say anything bad. And it's not about saying anything bad about the show. It's just about saying what the public make of something. Because, yeah. But then at the end of the day, everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is what you see realize in this job as well. Yeah, very quickly realized, especially kind of 
in the media or social media even everyone you don't even need to have to ask for it or look like you're asking for it but people will tell you what they think straight away it's right there um and it doesn't matter you can and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself like you can have like a hundred insane comments or like let's say 99% is insane and but you focus on that one percent and to just that's it you've had a shit day yeah it's it's so sad when that happens because as you said like the majority of the comments are great and you know you're Mm -hmm. getting complimented blah 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 but those kind of those one or like few comments that are just negative like for me it just goes on in my mind it's all I can hear and I'd love to say I'm at a point where I don't read the comments um and some days I am but at times when I'm not in the best headspace I will read the comments yeah but that's good to say I think that's being honest because I think anyone that says they don't go looking for it is lying because mm-hmm. I, you do or like not that you don't go looking for it it's, it's there's always it's always there and even if it's not on social media it is always there in life yeah. so but it's it's hard with that because it's people sat behind something that don't know you from Adam and I think that's mm-hmm. what you've got to remember is why what like when I post something now I'm like okay I'm putting this out there because this is what I feel I'm really passionate about it or I think this is a sick picture I like (laughs) it and anyone that's got to say anything about it whether it be good bad or ugly like kind of has nothing to do with me and it's it's, and it's it's, you do have to have like a skin of leather but it's it's um which comes with time I think but like there are always going to be days where something might just just make hit a nerve a little bit Mm. um I've definitely gone through that I had it years uh when I was for my 21st birthday I decided to take my mum and my sister on a holiday the three of us so it's us three girls the only girls that in the family and we've never done like a girls trip just us it's always been like us with all the men so in the boys so we was like okay we're gonna go away um and I booked St Lucia Mm. booked the flights booked the hotel it was like this seven star resort beautiful and I got offered the whole thing for free and was like oh if you do this we'll do this like we can partner up and do like a spread of a mat I was like absolutely not like I want it to be private like that's the whole point of a holiday um so I did that and we got there the holiday was amazing and then when I came home felt like I'd had the best time just turned 21 and uh, it was just after Christmas because so my birthday's in January and when I came home there was nothing in my fridge so I was like oh, I'll go to the shop get some bread milk or whatever went to my mm-hmm. local shop um walked past the magazine section I was like fucking hell look at that ass and then I was like I double take and I was like oh my god that's my bum and mm-hmm. like they'd literally taking the most horrendous pictures or whoever it was and whoever it was must have had like I don't know how this lens captured it because it was the most private beach I was on like there was Mm. nobody there just literally me my family the people of the hotel and like literally like a few towel Mm -hmm. guys and like so someone must have come in on a boat and taken or someone was tipped off or whatever and I just felt so humiliated and even though it was a situation where it might not have mattered to other people to me like that was my first ever experience of like full-on being like looked at for nothing to do with my music which is what I've always been in the public eye for Mm -hmm. it was the first time where literally just my appearances had been like brought to brought to the front Mm -hmm. and um 
it was just after Christmas. I don't think anyone wants a photograph of them on a beach in a bikini after oh, they've God, downed like 1,200 Yorkshire puddings and pigs and blankets. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and they were just awful photographs. I wasn't I wasn't the healthiest I've looked or been either. And, and hence why I wanted the holiday to be private. I, also, like my mum was in the pictures and my mum's quite a private person. And mm. like, it just gutted me. Like there were so many elements to it that made me feel really, really like shocked by it. So I was like, how do people have the right to do this? And mm. And like there was like pictures of me on a sunbed that I'd bent over to like go get some sun cream and someone had zoomed right in onto my bum. And like, I just felt so mortified. And I'm the type of person where I wouldn't upload a picture of me in a bikini anyway. Mm -hmm. So that should be my decision. And like, I hate it when people turn around and say like, oh, you know, you're in this job. So like, it's kind of like, you've got to accept it that, you know, why do you like Mm. that's all part of it and they and that that, things like that make you famous like to be photographed everywhere it's like yes but I did make a decision to take time off work book the most private thing that I could have paid for it all outright Mm. I was like I'd rather have got the whole thing for free and done a controlled (laughs) shoot with me in a bikini sat in a pool um and that I found that really hard I can remember coming home and I literally just my best friend lived with me at the time she was like what's wrong what's wrong and I just broke down chucked the magazine at her like I think the lady in the shop literally gave me it because she knew she knew me in the shop Mm. and she was like she I was like please can you take these all down I like was hiding them all like behind the other newspapers and stuff and when I got back home I just uh, I, I text all my closest friends all my family I was like so so gutted and I can remember my best friend being like I can't believe you messaged me saying like you must be so embarrassed to have me as a friend and I I actually messaged my mate that because I just felt so I felt like I looked ugly and I felt just so like gross and I just was like oh my god I just felt so humiliated um and then that definitely ignited something in me at 21 years old where that made me become a bit of a hermit crab in itself as well. I didn't go out for ages because I like the press were always like hanging around where I lived and were wanting to get some kind of reaction, I think. Mm. Um, and I left it for some time and then eventually like I took control of it. I was like, okay, those photographs, uh, uh, the way they've been taken do I feel great in my own body? And I started to make the decision in myself, like, okay, I don't feel as healthy as I want to feel. So I started to take some changes and shifts in my own life. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And I started to feel more back in control of like, I'm taking the power back. And then I'm kind of at a point now where, because that's happened Mm -hmm. and somebody's taken unknown pictures of me on a beach looking not my best in a bikini I'm kind of like the worst that could happen now is a sex tape and that's definitely not (laughs) happening so I'm like I've just got to a point now where I'm like uh, like I really couldn't give a flying fuck like anyone could take a dodgy picture of me because that's just what they want they don't want the great photo of you because like my mum took some amazing photographs of me on that Mm. holiday but they weren't seen but no one cares and equally I realize now nobody even cared about those nasty pictures either um because I'm sure the following week there was like I think it was like Rihanna on the front of the magazine and there was commenting Mm. on how she looked like curvier and they say it in such a patronizing way as well which is the Mm. most frustrating thing I think I had one one time kind of displays a fuller figure oh my god and I was like (laughs) I've and that was just one of the times and there was 
I was I was quite young I was like 16 and I was kind of unhappy with how I looked and had oh quite a bad God. like negative body image and so I started going to the gym and I was in LA and the photographers in LA are crazy they're everywhere yeah and mum and I were pictured coming out of soul cycle and I was like I'm just trying to do a workout work on myself like can <laughs> you just give me that you know and then come back when maybe I'm looking better yeah I didn't end up looking better so no, you I just look- had to live with it but um don't be silly like I, no I fully fully like relate to that I, I'm sure I'm sure those images that was up of me um it was Ella embraces her curves and what was so frustrating about it is I never agreed to do anything about this Mm. if I want to embrace my curves I'll say it openly and I'll start Mm. talking openly about it and I'll do my own picture of me in a bikini Mm. um you've got artists like Lizzo standing and doing that obviously it's like to another extent and an extreme but like I've never stood for that and like never Mm. said and I've never labeled myself a size because little do they know like growing up in school I actually went through a really difficult time with my 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 body image and Mm -hmm. and my weight and I actually really struggled with it and I went from being like a skinny kid to quite a chubby teenager and then I went completely the other way and had like problems with eating and my mum and dad had to take me out of school for a bit Mm -hmm. and then I went to just like normals like Mm -hmm. with what I class normal like I was just like your average girl and that's when I went on x factor so I'd only just probably got to this size where I started to feel like healthy comfortable and happy and then all of a sudden this crazy career happens around me and Mm -hmm. it's the one thing that I've always found hard to to balance with but now I realize it's not even about what I look like it's about how I'm feeling how I feel in myself um Mm. it's not about what others think of me you can be whatever shape or size but if you don't feel happy and comfortable then yeah definitely make a change and a shift in that but if you do well what any (laughs) what's anyone else got to do with it so that's kind of where I'm at now with it but we're women aren't we so like when we're not gonna stand (laughs) in the mirror enough really yeah Yeah. (laughs) anyone in who stands in the mirror and is like oh my god I'm the baddest bitch is just like (laughs) I I I don't know how you can be like unless I was Beyonce I'm I don't think I'm going to be doing that (laughs) I definitely do like maybe after a few drinks I'm like you're cool yeah (laughs) but that's only after a drink unless we're absolutely wasted (laughs) exactly like um, in a club toilet yeah in a club with some strangers yeah absolutely um oh my god I miss those times (laughs) I know (laughs) but that's mental that you had that at 16 because like I went through that at 21 and I found it hard but 16 like you're a baby still like that's just like how uh, it makes me want to like find the person who wrote it and just be like how dare you but like Mm. it's it's still gonna happen and what's great is that we're sat here talking about it because I do I do feel like there is this I want to say movement happening where people are calling it out more on social media and when it happens like I did a um a workout near where you live Mm -hmm. and uh in the park I did a workout and had no idea the paps were there and I was full-on sweating with my personal trainer and stuff Mm -hmm. and obviously midway through I'd obviously had like a wedgie or something and I pulled my wedgie out and the photograph they literally put on the front of this article was me pulling my wedgie out and it looked just like I was like rubbing my bum (laughs) but I thought I either ignore this and let someone do this to me or I make an absolute joke out of it because Mm. it is a joke and it got so many like like everyone that I know and everyone that I I know but don't really speak to that often reach out to me and was like you're so hilarious it's Mm -hmm. so nice to see and it's just really refreshing and I think it's it's just because 
I don't even know how they still get away with it because it's almost like we can have the joke on them now. And when I say them, I'm not like calling out every like media person, but mm. I just mean like there's just still this kind of little network of people I feel that mm. think it's still really cool to like yeah. drag people down. And I just think it's a crappy way to look at things. I don't, and I don't get what's interesting about me in the part working out pulling a wedgie out anyway there's no story like <laughs> do you know what I mean there's actual there's no story to it a lot of the time there isn't stories but they'll just for them it's a payday so oh completely completely how do they live with themselves though I don't get I it know. Like, I think it's so damaging to young girls and then you see and then there must be people younger who look at these articles and see if they think this person is a mm. fuller figure or embracing her curves compared to me you know it's so damaging and it's I think it's so great that you know you do you did post and kind of make a joke out of it and take back that control because yeah something I've never done yet because I'm scared to do it oh yeah and do you know what it took me a while to get to that place as well mm -hmm. because I've always been when I was younger I was always told don't acknowledge it because you're just going to draw more attention to it and the more attention exactly. and then you're going to create this whole like they're going to come out out for you and after you again um but I think it's when you start to build up some form of resilience to be like, okay, well, even if that was to happen, I really don't care again. Mm -hmm. Like just do what you want. And it, you've got to, you've got to do it. If you really do feel like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to do it. Not because you think that's what maybe like people want to see of that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's got to come from you. Cause if, if you don't feel comfortable in doing it, then, then that's fine too because I was like that for a long time like I would be the person that'd be like oh just just wait for tomorrow for, or like next week for it all to be buried and we just yeah. won't bring it up but some things when they're just an absolute piss take you just gotta yeah. call them out on it um oh, sure. which is and also I feel like I feel like social media has become a lot more like that as well like we mm. want to see unfiltered things now we want to see no filter we want to see people without their makeup we want to see people like sweating and doing something funny or dancing around and making a mm. fool of themselves and I think especially during COVID I I came off social media for like three to six weeks mm -hmm. and it was probably the best thing I did because I just like for, for I mean for ages I went to the toilet and I was like where's my phone yeah. <laughs> like I would always have like, just like the best time to scroll was when I had a poo <laughs> um, but I was like I don't know how I can like I've got to a place in my life where when I don't have like Instagram and Twitter and all these things, I can feel quite alone and that's not normal. So I had mm. to like get back into a routine of just living without that. And that was really healthy yeah. to do. Recommend it for anyone. And then eventually when I came back to it, I was like, do you know, what? I'm just going to start being myself more. And I started to do really stupid, fun, daft things in lockdown that I just thought, okay, well, these make me and my family laugh. Yeah. I'm going to share this with people because that's what I think people need right now. Yeah. And it just completely changed the tone of how I came back into my music because even now when I speak with whether it's my label my management my team like everything's always based on a, a point of okay well how would I actually want to convey this and say it and mm. I think that's really important and it's not about just releasing a record and creating a story around it it's actually like well no Ella you've gone through this and lived through it let's let your fans know that now and mm. I'm super excited about that it's scary but like with what's coming even with my new album like it's lit it's lyrical 25 year old word vomit like mm -hmm. and but I'm kind of ready to just share that mm, and yeah. I'm at a place now where I just feel like I feel more comfortable and at ease being like that than I do suppressing it all the time I was going to ask you actually you know because obviously now that you're you know able to be so open about your anxiety and about how you're feeling you mentioned sort of breathing and talking to your family what other things do you find really help 
when you're in a sort of anxious state? What kind of techniques do you have or things that you do, whether that's actually taking some time away from your phone, that actually then you kind of brings you back to you, basically? Yeah, I think, I mean, literally kind of the things that you just said of bringing it right back to basics. Mm -hmm. Um, So outside of your career and whatever you do and outside of anything to do with social media, what what is something that you really love doing that you might not do enough of? Can I be doing it more? So for me, like I realized yeah. it's so funny because when I was younger, I hated going on walks. Like if my mum used oh, to be like, should we go too. for a walk? I'd be like, a walk? <laughs> Why do I want to go for a walk? But now a walk for me is like one best. of my, I can't have it. If I have a day where I don't go on my walk, like I'm just not the same person. Mm. I like to have my walk, go get my decaf oat flat white. <laughs> um, Cause I've cut caffeine out. Cause I'm that much Impressive. of a, I'm terrified wow. of like having caffeine. Um, uh, but like, that, I guess that's actually something I did. I cooked caffeine out and mm, like yeah. I, that made me feel a lot calmer as right. a person. I found that helped. Yeah. Um, my walks, um, whether I put a podcast in, I put a, something in that's just for me. And it's just like, even if it's 10 minutes or it's an hour, like mm. I just do it and, mm. and it, it really helps. Um, yoga. I got into yoga. Like I did it with just my friend. We did like this Zoom workout together mm. at, like and connected up during COVID. Um, I'm the least flexible person on the planet, <laughs> I've realised, and I'm I'm really not great at it. But afterwards, I can definitely say namaste, I feel zen. So um, like, and it's just like all these things that people say, oh, you should do more of this, do more meditation. And it's like, I always picture like someone in hippie pants sitting and being like, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, that's just not me. But I actually realise now, like I'm so into it. Like the things I used to spend so much money on, like, hair extensions and mm. things that were always covering up my insecurities now what I'll do is I'll go book in for a, a massage or Ooh, I'll nice. go book in for I've got this amazing facial lady that's like yeah it's quite a bit for me to have but I see her once a month and I just feel she's so good and she does the whole like crystal and my card readings at the Ooh. end Ooh. and like I know I'll introduce you she's yeah, so good I, um, yeah, sounds great. I just like all these things that like are just self-care things that mm. I used to probably I don't know for me they're investing in me so it's actually yeah. it's, and I am my business so it's like I am really important and just taking care of the things that matter more um for sure is is like is is a huge huge priority in my life but breathing techniques is is a key thing as well like half the time when I feel anxious I'll like be like okay am I even breathing right now and mm. I'm not I'm probably like holding my breath <laughs> um so <laughs> that's so important to do as well I mean, I think personally, I find you a great role model and kind of just how, you know, recently, more recently, you have been taking back that control of what other people say. What advice would you give your 21-year-old self? Because I love collecting advice. So and I've, I've kind of soaked in everything you've said already, but if there's oh anything gosh. more. It's hard um, to try and not take everything so seriously. And just worry less. Like the thing, honestly, the things you're worrying about in the next year will just seem so stupid mm. because you're constantly evolving, you're constantly growing and your priorities change year after year. Um, you know, I look at my mum who's in her 50s and some of the things I worry about, she just can't comprehend because she just doesn't get social media and all of that anyway. <laughs> but she's like, I just can't comprehend it. I don't get it. And that's amazing. But I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be in my 50s to when I realise, oh, life's not worth, wor like, don't worry. Like, mm -hmm. I want to try and live that in my 20s so I enjoy your peak life. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I started to see it as that because there was there was definitely a period where I was I was like I felt like I was walking on eggshells a lot mm-hmm. and now I don't feel like that I feel like just a lot more comfortable and I say confident but like not confident to an extent where I think like we just said I don't think I'm the baddest bitch but like I just feel a, le- a lot more self-assured that okay I've got this and um and I'm fine and and being more self-aware like I think to anyone 21 or even younger like you say that you uh, that you struggle with when you was younger like acknowledging it the sooner you can acknowledge things that that do make you feel a certain way and you can mm. open up and talk about it more talking mm. would be my biggest advice yeah. to my 21 year old self I kept everything locked right within me and buried it mm. to the point where when I was like 22 23 I just had a breakdown so um to try and avoid that maybe start talking the sooner the sooner you start talking the better um mm. and the more you talk about it the more you realize you're not a crazy person and the likeliness is that somebody so close to you understands exactly how you're feeling or they've gone mm. through it yeah. um and it was really reassuring for me to know that like people in in my job that do what I do more successful or at the same level as me or even you know not as successful it doesn't matter like they've all experienced the same kind of thing and that feeling mm. and that's just really reassuring for me to know yeah of course well I will take all of that advice <laughs> and put it to use so thank you so much for coming no, over thanks for having me I've loved it I really enjoyed talking to Ella I don't know about you Tali but there were some things that I mean I didn't even know for example how she wanted to be more of a songwriter rather than a singer but I found that mm. so interesting I know I, I, I there was so much about her that I didn't know mm. and I found that she was she was so engaging and interesting yeah. and I honestly could have spoken to her for hours I know <laughs> and it just I remember when she said about um the little things like being at home in the last year and just like having a cup of tea mm. with her mom and mm-hmm. those are the small things like even now I still forget to do because everyone's gone back to just a, a busy pace of life and kind yeah. of trying to keep yeah. up with it and just remembering to do the small things yeah I'm remembering what's important as well like you know she was talking about her family Mm. and I really got a sense of that and and doing also what's what's right for us as individuals um, and looking after ourselves I think she really kind of made so many good points about that Mm, and not being afraid to ask for a time time off yeah yeah exactly exactly really good to hear her nuggets of wisdom I Mm. feel a lot of valuable kind of tips and information and for me she's such a role model as well yeah, I know I'm a massive fan. Massive <laughs> fan. Now it's time for Behind the Post. And this is where we go back into my social media and discuss maybe what was going on behind the post or how I was feeling and just trying to show you behind the lens, I guess. So today we have a picture view holes on a boat, sitting on a boat in a bikini, looking gorgeous. Um, and but actually, as I as I sort of read the caption, this was obviously posted. You posted this in April, but you weren't actually here at the time because we were in lockdown. Um, but mm. what was actually what was going on behind? Well, I guess when you posted this versus actually when the picture was taken, because there's obviously two different times. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean that photo is from actually the last time I was on holiday, so 2019 Christmas, oh which is a very long time ago um 
And that was kind of once I... I would say this is in the beginning stages of wanting to be more real and kind of less... Just try to show more of a realistic image, but I wasn't quite ready mm. to, you know, post one where maybe I was super bloated mm. or kind of was in clothes that maybe didn't I didn't look as good in. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm still going to post the photo, but how can I at least change the caption to be kind of yeah. relatable and I guess realistic. Um, and if you can't tell that I'm not there in that moment, you if you by reading the caption, you mm. can tell that, okay, this is probably a throwback yeah. picture. Yeah. And as it says, I was literally waiting for my delivery. What, what made you want to post a throwback picture at that time? Can you remember? Um, it had been a while since I had done a bikini photo, mm. if I'm honest. And there's something that I kind of normally would do on holiday. Um, and it had been a while and... If I'm honest, I think I was just wanting to post like a third step. <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> to be totally yeah, honest. <laughs> why not? Sometimes it is a confidence booster, right? It was the middle of April yeah, and, yeah. you know, we hadn't been on holiday and um, it was not bloated. You felt bloated, as you said in the caption. And you, just, yeah. you know, I wanted to put a picture of you in a bikini. I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those moments where I was like, fuck it, yeah, we'll do and it. Good. And I think that's also important, like that we can, you know, it's our social media, right? We can do what we want with it. Mm. Um, and that's really important to remember. Exactly. Well, on that note, thank you so much to listening to 21 and Over and a huge thank you to Ella for being our guest today. Please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favourite podcast to get updated on new episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 21 and Over with Holly. And if you'd like to send us a note, you can either DM or email us at 21 and Over at studioramsey.com. We'll see you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.